How's everybody today? All right. Mother's Day to all the moms out there. We are here to celebrate you. Come on. Can we put our hands together for all the moms out there today? And so this morning, I am honored. I want you to come on this side of me. It feels more natural. I like it like this. All right. Ah, yes. So before, yeah, this is Cynthia, my lovely wife. And so the mother to my children, the, the, the one who, who keeps us going, I promise you. Can I hear an amen from all my kids? I'm telling you, keep us going, man. Keep us going. I couldn't go the way I go without you, babe. So thank you for handling business at the house. And so I'm super nervous about today. I'm always nervous, but today I'm super nervous because usually she sits on the front row and gives me faces before I do something crazy. Today she's up here with me. And so uh, I don't know. She might push me out the way. I, t- I already told her, I said, hey, if, it, if the spirit comes on you and you feel like you got to take this thing over, I'm just going to kind of like move out the way and let you do your thing. And so um, <laughs> we'll see what happens today. But I'm nervous, man. I ain't going to lie. He hit me when I was back there playing today. And so, uh, but I do, before we jump in, I want to honor my mom. Because my mom was that that spiritual pioneer for our family. She was the the first one to give her life to the Lord. And and because of that decision that she made, it affected all of our lives. And and I can say I'm here today, not just here in person because of my mom, but I'm here today where I'm at in ministry, serving the Lord and all those great things with my family and my wife and all that because the decision my mom made by giving her life to Jesus. And my mom, she didn't play around. I have one of the moms that didn't play. You know what I'm saying? Time out was, Mom, I need a time out. Can you take it easy? And there was no time out. And, and I figured I would tell a story real quick before we jump in about my mom. I'm not going to tell you all a Cynthia story today, but I'll tell you a mama story today. And I don't know if I ever told this story, but we had a rule when I was growing up uh, that we could never leave the yard without permission. Okay. So we lived on family land. And so you kind of felt like you can go wherever you want to go anytime. But my parents had the rule, do not leave this property. And they showed us the property lines, you know, all this. You cannot go anywhere outside these lines without asking. And one day my older brother and I, we, we did just that. Let's just say we drifted past the boundary and wound up at my cousin's house further up the road. And we went there every day. We played with all of our cousins and everything together. It was great family experience all the time. And we we would fight each other. We would play games together. We would eat together. We were very creative. I mean, we had all the stuff going. Well, this one day we were up there like we always do, but we didn't ask permission. And uh, my brother and I saw my mom walking up the road. But she was not empty-handed. Now, for some of you, you're checking out right about now because in my home growing up, my parents believed in using some things to exert some discipline into our lives. If we didn't receive it with our ears, they imparted it in other areas. Y'all had those parents too? Some of y'all, you not those parents, but you had those. And my mom came up with this fly swatter. Some of y'all don't even know what that is. But I remember this. It had a white handle, and the webbing on it was orange. I remember. And, and so this, this little road was, I don't know, probably about a little less than a quarter of a mile. And all the way home, she would trade licks between me and my brother, just all the way home, all the way home. And I never left without permission after that. And 
Mama, I appreciate you doing that. But, and I'll say it like this. You probably should have done some more. <laughs> you probably should have. I deserved a whole lot more. And so that's the story with Mom. And today I'm honored to have Cynthia up here with me. And uh, we're going to bounce back and forth a little bit. She's going to share some of her story with you today. Many of you know it. Many of you do not know all of her story. But there are some incredible things that God has done in her life. But Let's jump into the Word of God this morning, Exodus chapter 2. And this, this has become one of the most interesting stories in the Bible for me as of late. And there's stuff in here I, never, I have never seen before that I want to share with you today that is so appropriate for this day, for Mother's Day. And it is so appropriate also for what we're going to talk about. So Exodus chapter 2. Verse 1 through 10, it says, About this time, a man and woman from the tribe of Levi got married. And the woman became pregnant and gave birth to a son. And she saw that he was a special baby and kept him hidden for three months. Come on, every mama thinks their kid is special. Am I right? Come on. How many of y'all, you thought you were the special kid? Look at your neighbor and tell him, I'm special. Just tell him. <laughs> you know you're thinking it today. But, verse 3, but when she could no longer hide him, she got a basket made of papyrus reeds and waterproofed it with tar and pitch. And she put the baby in the basket and laid it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile River. And the baby's sister then stood at a distance watching to see what would happen to him. And soon Pharaoh's daughter came down to bathe in the river and her attendants walked along the riverbank. And when the princess saw the basket among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it for her. When the princess opened it, she saw the baby. And the little boy was crying. Come on, if your mom in here and your kid was crying, feel better about it because baby Moses was crying too. Okay? I thought that was going to help somebody, but here we are. <laughs> the little boy was crying and she felt sorry for him. This must be one of the Hebrew children, she said. Then the baby's sister approached the princess. Should I go and find one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? She asked. Yes, do, the princess replied. So the girl went and called the baby's mother. Check that out. Take this baby and nurse him for me, the princess told the baby's mother. I will pay you for your help. So the woman took her baby home. Did you catch that? So the woman took her baby home and nursed him. And I want to emphasize, and she was getting paid to do it, by the way. Is God good or what? Later, when the boy was older, his mother brought him back to Pharaoh's daughter, who adopted him as her own son. And the princess named him Moses, for she explained, I lifted him out of the water. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. We're so thankful for this day, this opportunity to be here. And today we want to celebrate all of the moms, all the different types of moms out there. But Father, ultimately, we want to honor you. We are so thankful, God, for what you have blessed us with and for God, God, for all the things that you have in store to do in our lives. And today I pray in these moments that we have together, Father, you will speak something to our hearts that will awaken faith in us. Speak something to our hearts, God. That makes us want to be better with this thing called family. Help us, Father, to be the men and women that you want us to be, the sons and daughters, the brothers and sisters, the moms and dads, the husbands and wives that you want us to be. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Some of y'all are wondering, like, you going to let Cynthia say something yet? And so she's like, you just tell me when to talk. 
And so I'm going to give you a little context, and then we're going to go back and forth between this story and some things with her. But this is the story of the birth of Moses, and everybody knows who Moses is, am I right? Come on, we love Moses. Moses is that Old Testament legend who just made it happen. And the story of his life is so incredible that they make movies about him. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's a big deal when you get a movie. It's like one thing to get mentioned in the Bible, but another thing when you're in the Bible and they make a movie about you, I think that's pretty cool. But Moses was this guy that God brought on the scene at just the right time. But the way that God brought him on the scene wasn't the most perfect way. Am I right? And it kind of reminds me a little bit of Jesus because Jesus wasn't brought on the scene in the most perfect way. In fact, it wasn't. Def- it definitely wasn't the way we would have planned it. And the same thing is happening here with Moses. And so at the time, Egypt is under the rule of a Pharaoh. And this guy, Pharaoh, he really believed that he was something. Okay, like he was very prideful. And uh, because there were so many Hebrew children that were being born, the Egyptians became fearful that they were going to take over their land. And so this Pharaoh decided we've got to put an end. We've got to slow this down a little bit. And so from here on, any children that are born from this point on, instead of allowing them to live, we've got to destroy them. And I know that's graphic, and this ain't the Mother's Day message that you wanted to hear, but this is relevant to our world today. Yeah. Okay? And so and it happened when Jesus was born, by the way. Same thing. And so Pharaoh said, any of these children that are born, these Hebrew children that are born, we've got to put an end to this because if we don't, they're going to multiply and become too great. And they're going to take over everything that we built. And so we see that this guy, Pharaoh, has some insecurity. And Moses was born just at that time, which is why his mother decided to hide him. Because she wanted, she saw that there was something about her child that God could do. And so she had to find a way to preserve him. And how many of you know there's only so much that you could do with your kids? Come on, I need to see a hand from somebody who raised a teenager in here, from somebody who sent a kid to college. There's only so much you could do with him. Look at your neighbor and just tell him there's only so much you could do. I know you're a mom. I know you're awesome. And some of you as kids, you know there's only so much you could do, mama. And you need to repent to your mama today. You should. Mama, I'm sorry for all them late nights I kept you up. Judah had prom last night. I went to sleep. <laughs> Cynthia didn't. <laughs> I told her I had to preach. She said, I do too. <laughs> so let's go back to the story. So whenever Moses' mom could not hide him anymore, watch this, she had to give up her child. And there are moms that have had to do that before, that had to give up their child. And the story is amazing because she takes the child, puts him in his basket, waterproofs it, sends it down the Nile River. When I studied this, this is literally a picture of Noah's Ark, how the family was preserved. The word for basket is the same as the word for ark, how God preserved the family, God preserved the child. And as the child goes through the river, Pharaoh's daughter recognizes him. And the story gets more and more interesting because Moses became such a prominent figure. And no one knew his story and how it was going to add up and what he was going to become. And, but when you see the figure that he became and how it's affected the world and all generations, by the way, every generation's continually talking about Moses. You see all his life. 
But what you have to know is that his childhood wasn't perfect and his beginnings were not perfect. It wasn't the perfect story. So I want to recap and I promise you I'm going to let Cynthia talk. I just got to set it up for her to talk. Okay. So last week, whenever we began this series, We Are Family, we talked about how as for families, we have this picture that is in our mind of what we want it to look like. No different than family portraits. Moms have this picture of what they want their family to look like. And dads do too, by the way. Can I say that? Like guys got a picture too. And it may involve hunting camps and big TVs and fishing boats and all that stuff. But they have a picture too. Can I get an amen from the guys? We'll talk about that on Father's Day. Okay, but let's get back to this. But there is a picture in mind that we have whenever it comes to family. However, with that picture, we didn't realize all the pieces that we were going to have to put together. Because all of us in our family, we got some interesting pieces. Am I right? How many of you know you may have been the interesting piece in your family? Okay. And so whenever you're trying to put all of this together, it feels literally like a puzzle. And it's confusing and at times very frustrating. You ever got frustrated with one of them people in your own house and tried to select your words wisely, but yet your emotions had other words in mind? Okay. So we made a couple of statements last week that were huge. One of the things we said, there's no such thing as a perfect family. And, and if you're on course trying to, to, to reach that goal of having a perfect family, you're going to be frustrated and you're going to frustrate everybody in your family. Yeah. And here's why. Because none of you in that family are perfect. Can I hear an amen? amen. Look at your neighbor and let it out. You ain't perfect. But I love you. All right. But then we said this, that there's no such thing as an unfixable family. There, there's no such thing as a family that God can't do something with. Even though it may be imperfect, God could still do some pretty incredible things with imperfect people and some imperfect families. So how do we put together all the pieces when some of them are imperfect? Well, all of them. And when some of them are broken. Because a lot of the things that we're seeing in our families, a lot of the things that we're seeing in our world is the result of brokenness. And we're just trying to figure out how to manage the brokenness when really what we need is healing in our lives. If we're going to have great families, there's some things in our families, in our hearts personally, that need to be healed. And so we talked about how we need God to heal us. We need God to heal our families. And we said that God can heal the broken pieces in our family. So maybe you're sitting out there today and there's brokenness in your life. There's brokenness in your family. We want to give you some good news today to let you know that God can heal. the brokenness in your life and God can heal the brokenness in your family. Amen. Amen. And even if it's bad, like real bad, God can heal it. He can turn it around. And so last week we talked about broken pieces. Today, what I want to talk about, though, is missing pieces, missing pieces, because we've all dealt with broken pieces. And that's that's one whole thing to deal with. But when there are missing pieces, This is where it gets so very challenging because chances are there are people in this room today on Mother's Day and you're dealing with a missing piece. And it is not easy. Whether that's you lost your mother or you want a child so bad, there's a missing piece that is in your life. And this may feel like an untraditional Mother's Day message, but it's actually this message will actually highlight motherhood today. This was going to celebrate and highlight. The one thing that I have seen in families 
that has such an effect is missing pieces. Cynthia has experienced this in her life. And that's why she's up here with us today to share some of those missing pieces. But I want you to know this, that every family is dealing with broken pieces. And every family is dealing with some missing pieces. And I need you to know they all have an effect on how the family operates. In fact, it all has an effect on the person individually in the family. And so we're going to turn to Cynthia now and let her talk. Can somebody say amen? amen. All right. That's a little much amen right there. <laughs> kind of making me feel like y'all don't want to hear nothing I got to say. Okay. So, baby, yeah. many people, they look at you... Um, they see that you have this strength about you. Some would say you got it all together, right? Some maybe, okay. yeah. Not um, me. <laughs> but, but you had some missing pieces. Yeah. And I want, to take, want you to take a moment and tell the story about how it began for you. Okay. And some of the pieces that, that really were missing, some of the pieces that, that you needed in your life. Okay. Before I do that. Yes. Um, I just want to honor moms today because I think that word covers so much more than we realize, um, th the word mom. And so I believe that if you are a mom, you may be an expecting mom. You might be a single mom that's working really, really hard. Um, you might be a mom that's yearning to have a baby. You might be a, an adoptive mom. You may be a foster mom, um, my personal favorite, a gap-filling mom, a mom that just sees gaps in people's lives. And so I just want to honor you this morning because every single one of those are so important for young people today. Every single one of those are important even to me today. It doesn't matter how old you are. And so I just want to honor you today, and um, I hope that this service is a blessing to you. So... The question is, how did it start for me? So about, I think it was almost three, no, seven. I'm doing like 10 minus three is seven. I'm going to get my math right. Um, about seven years ago, I kind of shared my story a little bit um, at church. But my story started from what we know is a very young girl who was in high school who uh, found herself pregnant and... Um, from the stories that we've been told, um, wanted to keep this baby, but could not. I don't know the reasoning behind that, but um, there were situations that came up, and um, she needed to give that baby up. So to tell you a little bit about the people that adopted that baby, which is me, um, my mom, Pearl, which is where Ella Pearl gets her name from, and my dad, Abel, um, tried to have children for many, many, many years, tried to adopt children, and it fell through, tried to um, do it all of the conventional ways. And so when they were in their late 40s, my mom, Pearl, my adoptive mom, um, became very depressed in uh, and was in a state where she wouldn't leave her bedroom. She was very sick. She was um, very depressed. And as you can imagine, 50 years ago, uh, depression was not treated the way that it is today. Thank goodness we have learned so much about treating um, mental, mental health at this point. But she wouldn't leave her room. And so my dad, um, being a man, uh, wanted to fix it. 
fix it. I got to fix my wife. I have to fix her. And so he had gotten word that down in New Orleans, you know, we're from South Louisiana, right outside of New Orleans, um, that there were babies available. And so as the story goes, um, my aunts have told me that uh, they went around asking for cash. Like, can I have $2,000 cash? I'll tell you about it later. Can I have $1,000 cash? Do you have $4,000 cash? I need some cash. And so they're like, what's, you know, what's going on? Is everything okay? Yes, you'll see. And so, um, um, so actually, I'm a, a black market baby uh, from the street of New Orleans. Um, I have never had legal paperwork um, because you don't have a real birth certificate when you're bought for cash in New Orleans. And so um, actually, I do now because after Katrina, one good thing that came from Katrina is they issued out birth certificates from if you could show them some documentation they would give you a birth certificate so we were so excited after Katrina that was a good thing I'm like, so like I am so legal now so like when we I got really married exist. when we got married to get our marriage license we just brought this paperwork that yeah. and the girl the clerk said right. uh you know this is not right. real but good thing we we grew up in a little podunk town right where it was kind of oh, like you know that's able they're like you know whispering that's able and pearl they're like, oh, 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 oh. And so they're like, we'll just give you, you know, we'll, we'll give you a marriage certificate. It's okay. So thank goodness we weren't in Tallahassee where, you know, things are done really well. And, um, but anyway, so, you know, my story um, began, you know, rough. Of course, I didn't know any of that was going on. But as you grow up, you learn these things. You can see these things. And to be honest, my mom and dad never spoke a word of this to me. Never, not once. Because in, in my mom's heart, I was her child in the discussion. There was no, there was, she, they were not discussing any of it. It was after my mom passed. Um, I was five years old when my mom Pearl passed away, and I began to live with many different people, my aunts, my uncles, friends, and things like that, that they would kind of share with me a little bit because they wouldn't talk about it. So they would kind of get together and say, here's what I know, and here's what I know. So that's how I began to learn about that story. Yeah. So you can hear from just her story how it started that these were people with some broken pieces in their lives and then some missing pieces in their lives. And I need you to see the effects that it had on their family as individuals, but also as a family and even the effect that it had on Cynthia to live with so many different families. There was a stretch after her mom had died where her dad didn't feel like he was able to take care of her. And so she went from family to family to family to family within this family that she was adopted into. And this is where the stories were told yeah. to her, where she started piecing it together and just trying to figure out what in the world. Right. You know what I'm saying? As she's growing up. And so as long as we've been married, the stories that she would tell me, I remember whenever uh, Cynthia and I were going through our pre-marriage counseling, uh, Pastor Greg, who comes and speaks here, usually he, he, he was sitting with us and he told Cynthia, you want me to tell him or you tell him? He, he said, people like you are out there on the streets and doing things like they're doing illegal things. And so to see what God has done in her life, through the years, considering where she came from and all the different missing pieces and broken pieces and all of that, it really shows what God is able to do in a person's life. Watch this. Not just in the Bible, because those are stories that we read about, but these are people that you know. 
You know what I'm saying? And it just puts a little bit more weight on it whenever you it's somebody that you know and you're able to see what God is do and what God can do with a person that has missing pieces and broken pieces. And the reality, again, we have to deal with the broken pieces. You do. And last week we talked a lot about healing because in order for those broken pieces to function correctly, there is such a need for healing. But what do you do with the missing pieces? Because we all have needs in our life. Like children need a mother and a father. Can I, can I hear an amen? amen. Like we, we need people in our lives to help us to, to grow into who God wants us to be. And so whenever I look at the story of Moses, there's so much that is going on here, okay? And I want you to think of it this way. Moses' mom, okay, she has a child, so she, she's a mother. But she also has to give up her child. Like that is a hard thing for a mom to do. And those mothers who have done this, it it is so honorable, by the way. I know it could be looked at in a negative way, but for them to give up that child because they know that child will be in a better place is amazing. Now, let's flip the script a little bit here, though, because Pharaoh's daughter, and I know we look at her usually as the enemy here because it's Pharaoh's daughter and he is oppressing all the people, all the Hebrew children. But you have to know this young lady, she had no children and she wanted children. This is important. She had no children. She wanted children, and she wanted children because if she doesn't have children, she's not part of the legacy of her father. And so she wanted a son so that he could become a Pharaoh someday. That's what she wanted. And some scholars believe, and I've been studying this, trying to get down to to the final facts on it, and it's all over the place, but some scholars believe that she was unable to have children. That she was unable to have. So when I looked at this story and started studying it, I realized, oh my goodness, there is a lot of mom stuff that is going on right here in this story. So in the story, you got a mom, you got a mom giving up a child, a woman who wanted to be a mom, and a woman who is going to adopt a child. All in one story. And it makes me think of all the moms that are out there and all the people that are considering their moms out there. And I think of the what ifs. Like this is one of the what ifs I thought about. What if Moses was just thrown into the Nile River like it was ordered. Like I think about that. And whenever you look at the sanctity of life and you consider even the arguments that are going on in our own country today, and like we said last week, there's a cultural view of everything and there's a political view of everything, but when you look at it biblically and when you look at it from a spiritual point of view, you have to value life. Amen. You have to value life. And this isn't even a a political argument. This is just looking at life because this is what I think about. What if? What if she was aborted? I would have a missing piece. Think about that. That is so heavy. And so in our casual political discussions where we throw out our sides, we miss the whole point of it because we're missing life. We miss out on people's lives. And there are mamas in the world today that have missing pieces. And part of that missing piece is a regret because they made a decision to end a child's life. And I'm not trying to turn this into a political debate, I promise you. But I have to say this stuff. Because we must value life. Those people, even in your own home, you got to value their lives. We must value life. And that's why I think, what if? What if that had happened to her? I would have such a missing piece in my life. 
and be hard to deal with. Just like the missing pieces that you have, it's hard to deal with. And I'm thankful that her mom gave her up for adoption. I am. I'm so thankful for that. So how are you handling the missing pieces in your family? When I look at the story of Moses, it went from missing pieces, watch this, to what I call mission pieces. Because there were some people that God was going to use to help this man fulfill the mission that God had given him for his life. And it it came in unexpected pieces, y'all. It didn't come in the pieces that we thought it was going to look like. These were unexpected pieces because God is going to use an enemy to raise up somebody for what he wants to do. I wouldn't have done it that way. And when you read the Bible, you see a lot of that. So the next time you try to come up with your own plans, you might want to say, hey, God, hold up. Do you operate like this? Because I might mess it up by trying to do this my own way. So i got another question for you, babe. The missing pieces in your life. How did that work? What were some of the missing pieces? How did you fill those pieces? Um, well, I had a lot of missing pieces. And when you're five years old, you don't realize you have missing pieces, right, when my mom passed away. And so um, I just had people that, that filled in gaps for me. I lived with my Aunt Margaret and Uncle Bernard, lived with my Aunt Effie. And Parantuni, I live with my Aunt Carol and Uncle She's Irvin. speaking English, by the way. That is real lingo. Parant, that's Cajun for Godfather. Parant, Parantuni. Um, I lived with my Aunt Jeannie and Uncle Perry. I lived with my Aunt Carol and Uncle Irvin. I think I've already named those. Um, I just lived with many different people. And it was, it, it could be looked at as, gosh, she keeps going from pillar to post. But I'm just thankful that they were able to open up their homes. These were not people who were wealthy. These were people, I mean, we, we kind of lived in poverty um, when I was a kid. And so uh, looking, looking back on it as an, an adult, I realized that it was a sacrifice for them to take a child in. And so I might live at one house for six months and then head over to another house for a few months. And, you know, they're going somewhere, so I'll head over to another house for a couple of weeks. And so just many people filled the gap, and I am so thankful for that. And I always joke with my kids who are blessed to have their own rooms at our house. I'm like, I never had a bedroom until I was 18 years old. I had my, you know, I, I lived by myself. And I was like, I, I got my own bedroom because I was the girl that slept on the sofa at all these houses. And and I know that sounds difficult, but I look back, I'm so thankful because what if? What if they didn't step up and and fill those roles in my life? And so many aunts, many uncles just stepping up to fill roles. Um, Of course, my mom, Pearl, I mean, she just begged and desired to be a mom so bad. You know, I don't know where I would have ended up. Even though looking at my childhood, knowing that she passed when I was five and, you know, that wasn't the greatest childhood growing up, I know I wouldn't be standing here and have my family and my husband today if it didn't pan out the way that it did but after my my dad passed when I was 19 so um, when I was 19 no mom no dad no brothers no sisters and my aunts and uncles were elderly remember my mom and dad adopted me in their late 40s and so you know it's just uh, the way things work and so um, God just began to put people in my life and looking back it's so clear 
But when it was happening, it just felt right. And so God was continually putting people in my life, just opening doors. It would it could be a friend's parents. It could be the neighbor. It could be um, the lady down at the church uh, that I would go to not even once a year, but they would sponsor me and send me to camp every year because, you know, I was in our little community known, you know, that's the little girl that goes house to house and lives here and there. And so they would sponsor me every year to go to youth camp. And that was the only time I went to church each year was that one week at camp. And just that was such a an incredible um, place that someone stepped up and filled a gap for my life because that's where I was introduced to Jesus. That's where I you know, begin to understand that God had a plan for my life. And so, um, but one person, a couple of people that really fill gaps in my life is my best friend, Vicki, her mom. I call her my mama, Linda. Um, I remember one night I would, I would stay the weekends with them every weekend. And then, you know, I'd try to figure out where I was going during the week for school. And um, my dad did the best that he could when he was alive. Um, He just was you know, a truck driver that was like, I have to find a baby to help my wife. And when she passed, he just really did not know what to do or how to take care of me. And so I would try to spend some time with him. And so I can remember I was at my best friend Vicky's house where I would stay every weekend and I was getting my things together. And I said, okay, it's time to go home. And I remember they sat me down on the sofa. I remember this so clearly. And they said, we're not bringing you home today. I said, what? I th- I have to go home. And they're like, you don't even know where you're going tonight, Cynthia. I was like, I know, but maybe you could just bring me here. or Maybe you could bring me there. And they said, you're going to stay here until someone comes get you. And I stayed there for the next three years in high school. And it was the best three years of my life. It was so awesome. I still would see my family. I would still go visit them. And they would check on me, but that became my home for the next three years. And can I tell you, that's where I learned about family. God just begins to put people that you need in your life. My picture of what family was supposed to be was very messed up. But whenever I was at Vicky's house, I would watch these people. I was like, okay, they're not like the people I was living with. Can I just tell you? They were like cooking dinner and like checking on your homework and wanting to talk to you. And I'm like, you're in my personal space. It was it was different. It was different because I kind of was at, at houses but taking care of myself. And um, it was so beautiful. I learned so much about letting somebody love me and learning to love somebody. I learned what it meant to be in a family. I learned what it meant to be to have a curfew and Vicky would say come on we want to be out later and I would say oh my god they want us to come home at 10 o'clock like to me it was like they're concerned about us they love us they're worried about where we're at that was new to me and so it was um you know we were expected to make good grades and I was like I was so excited Vicky was not and I was like you know she's had this her whole life and I'm like oh my goodness I have to get these grades up I was just, and I was wanted to do it for them. I wanted to be a blessing to them. I wanted to please them because of what they were doing for me. And um, they just became such a pillar in my life. Um, They're my family still today. Uh, We spend holidays with them. They visit us. We visit them. Um, uh, uh, Vicky's daddy gave me away at our wedding. Um, I mean, they have just been the family that God chose for me. And I know that. 
that Abel and Pearl chose me in the beginning, but I know that he fulfills the holes in our life and he gives us um, people to fill those gaps. And so they were just so incredible. They loved me so well. I love them so well. And so, but but that's a beautiful family that is still my family today. My my children call them aunt and uncle and mama and papa. I mean, they, they are my family. And then just people. As I was growing up as a young adult, I can remember um, um, Jackie Shively that I worked with at, at back at Blue Cross Louisiana, who was an older lady that kind of took me underneath her wing at the office and made sure that I knew how to do things and made sure I knew how to go to a meeting and how I needed to be in the meeting and what I needed to do after the meeting. And we'd go to lunch and she would ask about, you know, what I was doing on the weekends, just kind of taking care of me. And so every step through my life, God has provided and um, I wouldn't be who I am today, although I am still trying to walk and, and allow God to work in my life and allow God to do things in my life. I am so thankful for the people. If it was a week, if it was a couple of months, if it was three years of living with them, that they stepped up and they fulfilled something that I needed so desperately. Um, but, yeah, that's some people that stood in. It's powerful stuff, am I right? That is so incredible. So Cynthia talked about how God provides, and, and one of the points that we wanted to make sure that we, we, we got across today is that in your missing pieces, God will provide. Yeah. And I know we hear that, but to, to see her life and see how God has in those key moments, those key times in her life, how God has been faithful to provide, we know that. Yeah. Not just see it, we know it. And so when we think about God who provides for for those of us who've been around church for a long time. You think of Jehovah Jireh. You know that song Jireh. Everybody loves to sing it. Jehovah Jireh and everybody, you know, they know it means God who provides. But when you look at the full name, it means the Lord who sees. God who sees and because he sees, he knows what to provide. And if I could share anything that would encourage you today, God sees the missing pieces that are in your life. Think about putting together a puzzle where you can't find that one piece. You can't find it anywhere. You have looked everywhere. Y'all know that feeling? Everywhere. You done lay down on the floor and saw all the dirt you didn't clean. Like everything. And it's crazy because you're supposed to be looking for that missing piece, but you wind up trying to clean up your mess. And that is what happens in our lives so often. We need the peace, but while we're looking for the peace, we wind up dealing with our mess. Am I right? We just get caught up dealing with our mess. But I need you to know today, the Lord sees, and because he sees, he knows exactly what to provide. And he, he fills the missing pieces with his mercy. He fills it with his mercy. And so I want you to consider today, what if God is trying to fill some missing pieces in your life, but all you see is the mess. God can provide what you need in the missing area. And this goes anywhere, anyway, because maybe you're a single person. You're like, the missing piece I have is somebody I'm going to marry. You know what I'm saying? I want you to know that God, he is a provider. He sees, he knows, and he can provide. Amen? Amen. He can. Here's the next thing we wanted to make sure we shared, that even though you have missing pieces, God still says you're a masterpiece. He still says you're a masterpiece. And Ephesians 2.10, it says, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do good things. 
so we can do good things he planned for us long ago. And when you read a verse like that, he already knew you would have missing pieces. And he didn't put the good things on hold because you had missing pieces. He said, through the missing pieces, I'm going to help bring out the good in you. I'm going to set you up for some good things and enable you to do some good things that you could not have done had you not gone through some of those missing pieces. Amen? Amen. So let's go back to Cynthia. How did... Because with these missing pieces, and I know God is providing, God's putting people in your life. But when it came your turn to be a mom, because that was the one thing, you, you, when your mom died, you were missing a mom for so long, and these ladies were stepping in, filling that role. And obviously, Mama Linda, who stepped in, that was really influential. But how did it affect you, though, going into being a mom? Because every, every woman struggles with, am I going to be a good mom? Am I right? It's like, I don't know if I can do this. How did this affect you going into motherhood? Well, my decision was I was not going to go into motherhood. That's how I was going to fix it. Like, I just was, I'm just not, I'm not going to be a mom. I don't really know what that looks like. I'm afraid that I will not be a great mom. And so I just decided that, you know, I wasn't going to have any children. And it was, it was a serious decision that I made. Because I can remember when, when Wade asked me to marry him 27 years ago, I said. We look good, huh? (laughs) 27 years ago, um, it was a real serious conversation. What are you doing? (laughs) It was a real serious conversation because I was like, you know, he comes from a large family. That's incredible. And I was like, I could not promise that I was going to have kids. I just was scared to death. I didn't feel like I had been exposed to enough right, enough things that were done right, seen right, felt right, looked right. And so um, I masked that for a while. We did get married. And Let's tell them about the, the, the in two years plan. Oh, yeah, two years. That's how I was like, yep, Wade will have children in two years because Wade was ready to have kids immediately. <laughs> and I was like, okay, two years. Let's do two years. And then in two years we said? Two years. And then in two years we, we said, said? In two years. Two years. And so it was eight years we were married before I was like, okay, we're going to do this. Let's just do it. And so it was scary. But listen, honestly, it was a real fear. It was a big fear of mine. And so, you know, we were youth pastors for almost 12 years. And so I had 200 kids. And so I masked my fear with, I went to dance recitals, baseball games, football games, track meets, plays, musicals. We went to all of these things with our youth church with our youth kids, my big kids, and it kind of would scratch that feeling of I wanted to be a mom. I was very involved in their lives, but we had the good part because Wade and I would go home, and they would be like, we'll see you later, and so like they didn't, we didn't live with them, and so I would always tell their parents because I always thought they were the greatest things in the world. They're like, you don't live with them. I'm like, you're right. You're right. I'm going home, and so um, I really masked that um, needing to be a mom by, by having all of them in my life. They were such a blessing to me. They were so incredible. These kids in our youth church, I mean, we loved them. I loved them and I still do. But, um, so it took me eight years to allow some of that fear and to be honest with myself that, um, it was a real fear that I had, but I knew that God could help me. 
And so, um, you know, that was 19 years ago when we uh, had Elijah. And then it was so cool because it was like, okay, I could do this. I really can do this. And then two years later, we had Judah. And I was like, okay, I got this. I got this. And then uh, five years after that, we had Ella Pearl. And so I just want to say that, like, even though you might be afraid of things, even though you might not think you have everything you need to do something, he is so faithful to fulfill and help you. He is the one that gives me the strength. He is the one that helps me. And I love being their mama. And I will be anybody's mama. You can ask any of their friends. I'm like, I'll take your picture. I'll feed you. I'll do whatever it is because I know what it means to have somebody to step in and be there for them. And so, um, but I was scared to death. And I really put it off a long time. I mean, I did the two years things four times. Eight years. Eight years. And can I just tell you what it is to have a kid after you've lived by yourself for eight years and did what you want, how you want, when you want? When you want, how you want, what you want. Like, it was, it was alarming. Hey, but don't fear. She stepped up. I did. I and did. took over. Right. Get out the way. Handled it. do this. Handled it. But it was like this. But Elijah, I love you very much. But it's like, he's not, go, he's not going home. <laughs> Our house is his house. What is happening right now? It was, it was, that's what happens if you wait for eight years. But anyway, um. But it was good. It was good. And I love being a mom. And I'm a good mama. Yeah. She's so good at being a mom, sometimes she tries to do that stuff to me. That's right. I can help him. I can help him. I'm telling you, I man. I can. I can do it. It's on. Look, she just goes down the line. You're going to do this. You're going to do this. You're going to do this. And you're going to do this and that. And that. Oh. Yeah, mamas know some people need direction. We got, you know, we got to help. She got to give a little direction. Yeah. Happy Mother's Day, everybody. <laughs> So here, here's, here's really where we wanted to get to today um, with this whole message. Just because you have missing pieces doesn't mean you will miss your purpose. Right. When you look at the story of Moses, see, we know all the stuff that he did. We know he led the children of Israel straight out of Egypt, led them into the wilderness, parted the Red Sea, like all these miracles and all this stuff that happened with Moses. But what I want you to know, though, is that even though there were missing pieces that he had in his life, God was faithful to provide. God put the people in the places. And you can even look down the road where he, he felt like he was missing some pieces because he wasn't good at speaking. Well, God had somebody right there to help him to do it. God always provides, but you won't miss your purpose just because you have missing pieces because God is a provider. And we hope that as you're hearing all this today, that you're being encouraged through these stories of Moses and the story of Cynthia, because listen, it is amazing that she's up here right now. Cause like many of you, you didn't know this story. You didn't know about her life. So you just assume that everything was perfect, that everything was all together. And you start to hear this and you're like, what in the world? How does all that happen? Because we know about statistics and we know about brokenness and we know all the things that people say that you got to have. And we read that article in that book and someone shared that thing on Facebook that said 18 things you got to do to have a healthy family so that you can raise healthy children that's going to go out and change the world. But what happens whenever you don't have all of that stuff and yet God still is faithful and you wind up becoming the person that he wanted you to be because he had a plan for your life. And at some point, listen, I remember this when we were dating 
and she brought this Bible and I asked her to because I remember when we were dating because just like she had a father and even though he was there, he wasn't there. And we will honor him, but I, I will say this. He was not there. It was a missing piece in her life. And I remember watching her read her Bible. And in this Bible, so many times, the word father is underlined. And it is circled. And it is highlighted. And she told me, she's like, I have a father. I have a heavenly yeah. Father. God filled the void that she had in her life. And she understood that, God, I need you. And there's so many people that are trying to do family, that are trying to do life, trying to do all these things on their own, and they wait for crisis before they run to God. Mm -hmm. They wait for something bad to happen before they go to God. Don't wait for it to fall apart. Go to Him now. Even if it's great right now, run to Him now and have that relationship with the Father because the Father sees, the Father knows, and the Father provides. And I've I've come so much to appreciate how God can work with missing pieces. But it's so hard because I know there are people in here today, you got some missing pieces in your life. You've been having to do this without a dad. Been having to do this without a mom. Some of you, you lost your mom. I think about when Mama Linda passed away. Such a hard moment because it's like God provided, but now she's passed away. What now? Because for Cynthia, it was always, what's the next missing piece? In fact, she would check on me so much to make sure I didn't die. Like always checking on me constantly. Hey, I'm just checking to make sure that you're okay. If I drove somewhere, calling while I'm driving, if I didn't answer, I mean... It was like, oh, my God, you got to answer the phone. And she was like, I'm just calling to make sure that you're okay. Because she told me, she's like, everybody that I'm close to, they die. Like, this has been what, what she's had to walk through, what we've had to walk through. But I've seen God's faithfulness over and over. And, and how crazy is it? Like, we, we oftentimes find ourselves standing up here, and it's like, God, what in the world are you doing? Seriously. Because of all the people that we would think that God would use to do something like this would not be people that had missing and broken pieces in their life. It would be people that had all the pieces and had it all together and never had anything bad ever happen to them so they can stand up before everybody and just tell them how it is. God chose to use us even though we had the missing pieces even though we had the broken pieces. And we went through it, and we got through it, and we still walk through it. But the things that we learn, this is where we get to share with you to help you to have the faith that maybe you're walking through it today, and maybe there are broken places in your life. Maybe there are missing pieces in your life. To know that God is right there with you, and God will walk you through it. And listen, so many times the questions, just like Cynthia had questions, where am I staying tonight? Like who, what child should ever have to worry about that? Am I right? But how faithful was God to always provide, to always put her in the place? So baby, as we finish up, there are people today with missing pieces. And they may think that it's taking a shot at their life. And because of this, I won't be able to do that. Because of that, my life won't be fulfilled. It won't be the same won't be as good as I thought it was going to be. 
you've walked through this. What, what would you say to those people here today? Maybe, maybe something happened and they, they lost a child. Maybe they lost a parent. Or maybe they walked through a divorce and have a missing piece. What would you say to them today? Well, I want to share a scripture that's close to my heart that I held on to when I was younger. It was Luke chapter 1, verse 45. It says, Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord will fulfill the promises of her life. And so for me, I just had to choose to believe that he is who he says he is. It is. It was just a faith step. Sometimes it was faith. I had enough faith for a whole day. Sometimes I had to have enough faith for the next minute. But I chose to believe that he is who he says he is and he will fulfill and he will do what he says he's going to do. And I know that... I am more than a conqueror because that's what the Bible says. I know that I am blessed. I know that I have a father. And so I just would have to continue to remind myself of who I was because not I didn't have people in my life reminding me of who I was. I would have to dig into this beat up Bible that's very old and remind myself of who I was. But I would say to you, if you feel like you have a missing piece, he's here to fulfill it. He's here. Your peace may look different than everybody else's peace in this room. And it could be a, a peace that no one ever talks about or is very common. He could be 100% of what you need today and tomorrow and next week. I have experienced that. I have walked through that. And he is so faithful. He is faithful. But I wanted to see that he was faithful. And so I just want to encourage you to look for his faithfulness because it's there. Look for the open doors because he's opening them. Look for the people that he's putting in your life because he is so faithful to put the people that you need in your life. And he is good. Even though things don't always feel good, even though things don't look right and things aren't fair, like I tell my children, fair is where I get kettle corn. That is not life. We're not Somebody fair. better write that down. We're not, we're not fair. Life is not fair. That's just where you get kettle corn, candy apple. Boom. Cotton candy. That's the fair. Life is not fair. It's not. But I guarantee you, he is faithful. And you've got to want to see it. You've got to want to find it because he's faithful every day, every day in your life. So that's what I would want to encourage everybody. Look for it. It's there. He's going to fulfill every need. That is so good. Come on, that's good. Am I right? Just so good. As we wrap up this morning, just thinking about missing pieces, I think the most, because when you think about these missing pieces, they're relationships. That's what they are, relationships. And the one relationship that I think we take for granted and overlook so often is our relationship with God. Our relationship with Jesus. And to think about Randy and Deborah. Who, who said, we want to bring you to camp. Brought her to camp, and she gets to meet Jesus. And every year, I'm going to camp. Every year, I'm going to camp. And, and honestly, I will do a shameless plug right now for camp because of that. If you have a kid, you should send them to camp. And if you got vacation plans, you ought to change them and put your kid in camp. I'm, I'm just serious. I'm that passionate. I am that passionate about it. Their memories, you can make with them the next week. That week, that'll set them on mission for their life. I promise you. 
And I'm so thankful that, that Randy and Deborah said, we're taking her to camp. And even though somebody else had to pay for it, which happened every year, every single year, what God was doing in her life was building her and shaping her for all the different things that she would face in her life. And I'm so very thankful for the provision of God that filled those missing places. But I can tell you all, the most important relationship was her relationship with Jesus. That was the most important relationship. And if you don't have a relationship with God, you have a missing piece. And it is the most important missing piece. And I would say the second one is a church family. A church family. Because what I have seen in your life was so many people within the church that stepped up to help make sure those gaps were filled. Like when we got married, there were these church ladies, just church mamas that said, hey, don't worry, we're going to take care of that for you. And we were just blunt. We were like prepared to take care of it all ourselves. Like that's how we thought it was going to happen. And these, these church mamas knew her, knew her heart, seeing her serve in student ministry and, and singing on the stage, all these different things. They said, we want to help take care of you. And all the missing pieces that were there, God was fulfilling. And God was fulfilling it through people. And can I say it like this? It was unexpected people. Yeah. Unexpected people that God raised up, that God chose to use. That's why I call them mission people. They are mission people that God uses to help you on this mission that he's got you on. And maybe today you're dealing with some missing pieces. God is there. God is faithful. Every head bowed, every eye closed this morning. Because maybe you are missing that relationship with Jesus. I'm not talking about just being a church goer. I'm talking about knowing him as your Lord and Savior. And knowing God, not just the guy in the sky, but as Father. And maybe you don't know him today, but you hear these stories. You hear what Cynthia shared. And it points you straight to a relationship with Jesus. And if you don't know him as your Lord and Savior today... I want to lead you in a prayer. And, and so many of us, we've been in these settings before. In fact, some of us, we've prayed these prayers before. But for whatever reason, whatever reason, we're not where we need to be with God. And today, God is reaching out to you and he's saying, come close. I want to lead you in this prayer. Just repeat it after me. Say, dear Lord, thank you for loving me. And thank you for always being a provider. So much so that you sent your son Jesus to take my place to fill the void I had in my life so my sins could be forgiven and I could be made new today I make a decision I'm surrendering my life to you I'm all yours Lord I'm going to follow you I'm going to follow your ways I want to become everything you want me to be so let today be a new beginning, a fresh start. I surrender my life to you now. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. Come on, put your hands together for every person that made that decision.